Hello everyone, I am Matt Williamson. How's everyone doing this fine day? So we got snow on the ground, very wintry, very festive, feels like Christmas all of a sudden. Maybe not for your Steelers, but um, I found this nugget and then I want to start talking some Bengals. Pro Football Focus, I think they do it weekly, I don't always check, but they put out their O-line rankings. And they have the Steelers at 19, which is down four spots. I think 19 is fair, you know, when you look around the league. But what I wanted to harp on, though, was just how bad they were in this Colts game. I mean, just horrendous. And here's what the Nuggets they had to say about it. The Steelers' offensive line struggled a lot in pass protection against the Colts in Week 15. The unit ranked dead last in pass blocking efficiency for the week. After allowing 20 pressures, 20 is an obscene number, 10's a lot, including four sacks on 30 dropbacks, 20 pressures on 30 dropbacks. I mean, that's bonkers to me. Left tackle Dan Moore Jr. has allowed pressure on 11.2 of his pass plays this season, worst rate amongst offensive tackles. So if he's allowing a pressure on 11% of his dropbacks, and they allowed 20 pressures on 30 dropbacks. You don't have to be a math wizard to just realize how awful that is. And Moore's really been bad. Um, then they highlight your best player, which they say is James Daniels. But even Daniels earned the lowest pass blocking grade of his career after surrendering four pressures. He was also beaten an additional six times against Indianapolis. Just awful. I mean, for across the board. Now, one thing they didn't say here is in that game, Jones allowed five of the pressures. Dan Moore allowed eight. I mean, awful, awful out of 20. I would strongly consider this week, and I I know Jones is fighting an ailment, and Chooks on Tuesday filled in at right tackle. But I think you can't put Dan Moore out there anymore. I think you move Jones back to the left side, plug Chooks in at right tackle, and we've talked about this for a while. I would strongly consider putting Herbig in for Cole as well. I mean, I, his snaps can't be worse. I mean, I know he's a guard at heart, but man, um, the O-line hasn't been, this will sound crazy, but before this game, I think the O-line was trending the right direction. And as a whole, I would not say it was the root of the problem or one of the biggest culprits for the Steelers' two losses going into Indianapolis. It was horrendous in this game. And I'm not saying it's great, but it's probably better than you think, to be honest with you. I mean, 19 to me isn't crazy out of 32 teams. Still, Jones at left, Herbig at center, Chooks at right. I think you have a good guard pairing. That's what I would try the rest of the year. And I, I, it astonishes me a little bit that they haven't fiddled with that a little. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we got some general nuggets about Steelers-Bengals. All right, I am back. The Bengals have won three in a row. While Pittsburgh has dropped their past three, for the year, Cincy has been outscored by four points compared to minus 57 for the Steelers. 
Pittsburgh is 500 at home, as are the Bengals on the road in 2023. When these teams met last, Cincinnati had just 10 first downs compared to 22 by the Steelers. Pittsburgh was 8 of 17 on third downs compared to 2 of 10 for Cincinnati. Cincinnati produced 199 more yards of offense and averaged 6.2 yards per play compared to 5.4 for Cincinnati. Pittsburgh possessed the football for over 37 minutes in that game. That seems like ancient history, and it kind of is, but it was a dominant performance by the Steelers. So for the season, Cincinnati averages 29-43 in time of possession, and over the last three games, they're a little better. They're at 30-21. Pittsburgh's at 28-48 for the season, and over their past three, they're just under 30. They're at 29-54. Turnover differential, huge key to this game. Since he's great at it, they're second best in the league at plus 13 behind the Niners. Pittsburgh's now all the way down to plus seven. They used to be in that conversation of, you know, second best in the league, tops of the league. Bengals have 23 takeaways compared to 21 by Pittsburgh. And their 15 interceptions is third best in the league. Glad Trubisky's not going to be throwing them the ball. Cincinnati's 12 giveaways are tied for best in the league. Pittsburgh has 14 giveaways. The Bengals have fumbled eight times, but only lost two of the eight, which is the fewest in the league. And Pittsburgh has lost just five fumbles, which is also good. With every team now finished with their bye weeks, each division has 56 games played in the books, and there hasn't been a tie yet this season. So the combined record of the AFC North is 35 and 21. Not only is that the best in the league, but no division has more than 29 wins. So there's not even one within five wins of the AFC North. And if you eliminate the nine games where it was North versus North, the AFC North record is 26 and 12 this year. They have a plus 118 point differential if you combine all four teams in the North as well, which is a little misleading because the Steelers heard it. Bengals and Browns are close to even. Ravens are through the roof. The Bengals opponents have produced 845 more yards from scrimmage than Cincinnati. Steelers' opponents have produced 851 more yards from scrimmage than Pittsburgh, and their opponents averaged 7.2 yards per pass attempt compared to 6.2 for the Steelers. Full yard difference when the Steelers are on defense versus pass than when they're on offense. Brutal. Same is true, though, for Cincy, though. Their opponents produce 8 yards per pass attempt. The Bengals are at 6.9. Cincinnati's opponents are rushing for just under 44 yards per game more than the Bengals. That's the worst differential in the entire league. The Bengals are fourth and the Steelers are fifth in the league in their usage of 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three receivers. So no one uses any personnel group in the league minus three teams more than the Steelers and Bengals use 11. However, only two defenses are seeing a lower person percentage of 11 personnel used against them than Pittsburgh. They only see it at 54% of the time, which kind of startles me. Like, get as many Steeler D-backs on the, on the field as you want and attack them. Since these team played in week 12, this is crazy. Since that game, the Bengals are sixth in the NFL in scoring on just under 49% of their drives, and the Steelers are 30th at 19% of their drives are producing points. Steelers have a 5-4-1 record with Mason Rudolph as their starting quarterback, although I still think there's a chance Pickett plays. Based off current EPA, 
The Steelers face the league's sixth most difficult schedule the rest of the way, and Cincinnati faces the eighth most difficult. The Bengals are slated to face the most difficult run of opposing defenses the rest of the way in the league. Per DVOA, which is similar to EPA, Cincinnati has faced the NFL's toughest schedule thus far. And they're coming out the other end pretty pretty decent here. I mean, we'll see. They get this win. They're in really good shape. All right. Uh, I will get back to you tomorrow. We'll really start breaking down both sides of the ball. It's an interesting matchup. I know some, some of the bloom is off the rose with your Steelers. I get that. But we're still going to dig in. All right. Take care.